Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. This is Byron O'Neill for Comic Book Yeti sitting down today with Georgiana Brown and Nathan Tomsick, the co-writers of the all-ages fantasy sci-fi smash-up Juniper from Scout Comics. Welcome to you both all the way from the other side of the world. <laughs> Good to be here. Thank you. Well, I just caught up on issue one, and I'm already in, in love with the book. For those folks who haven't heard about Juniper yet, why don't you break down the plot a little bit for us? Oh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, the, the plot would be, I guess, about a teenage girl. I think she, she's about 14 years old, and she's the only human on this planet called Nerth. So she has her best friend, his name is Toby, and he's a, he's a robot, he's the royal prince robot of the land, and he's run away from his robot empire. And pretty much the plot is, at the most basic level, is them going around having fun, but sort of discovering more about who she is and, and why she's the only human on this planet. Yeah, and also kind of like what humanity means, I guess, growing up in a vacuum without other humans and also what growing up in itself means and other topics like that. <laughs> There's these really familiar visual elements in there for me. It's like, I'm older. Um, so you've got like some little bit of a little shop of horrors with Stanley, who you meet in the first book. Um, mm -hmm. And I can't help but think of an association with like Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beast, which I have a 14 year old and he absolutely loves. So but yeah. like what were some of your references for populating this kind of uniquely blended sci fi fantasy world? Mm -hmm. That's that's a, a very good question. I think that both of us have a strong background in character design and um, across a bunch of different platforms so like movies video games I, I wouldn't say that there was any references that we specifically discussed when, when we were writing it it's more just um taking moments from our life and and people that we know in our real life and then seeing how we can turn them into some sort of character i suppose so so stanley you mentioned the butler that is a, a mashup of people that, that we would know in our real life, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Juniper and Toby feel like younger siblings to me because, you know, Juniper's got the adventurous spirit kind of that everybody loves and 
Toby was like slightly naughty, you know, <laughs> but yeah. you know, always feigning innocence, but he's a bit of a troublemaker. So yeah, were those like people that you knew, you know, what were the genesis for those characters? Uh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good one. So um, Juniper is actually a girl that I've, I've met in my, in my life, a, a, ma a major influence for the, for the comic is Adventure Time. So you've got Finn and Finn and Jake. And I was traveling in 2019 and I'd been thinking about wanting to create some sort of story along the lines of Adventure Time, but I didn't really know how to pull it off. And I was in Bali at the time. Um, and I'd, I'd bumped into this, this lady and she was a single mother. She had an eight-year-old daughter and they were living underneath a waterfall. Um, they invited me back for dinner one night. And so my myself and my partner we went to to go and have dinner with them and this young girl her name was juniper and she was the most brilliant person i have met to this to this day she is just phenomenal could hold the best conversations she was so adventurous and after spending about two or three hours with them i thought i really i want to turn this girl into a character i think she's the main character of the of the series so yeah, that's who I, who I know. <laughs> and I think, I guess for Toby, it's kind of like, I feel like take that kind of naughty inner child from both of us. Like we're both kind of, we can be troublemakers. So there's kind of like a personal level to Toby, but also like, I think there's a good inspiration from Bender as well from Futurama. <laughs> yeah, sure, like having yeah. that robot sidekick is really useful. But also sometimes you're just like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> totally. So you definitely then started with those two characters and built the world around them as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I think so. Like I mentioned, when I was traveling, um, I, I, I was working on another comic and it, it's more of a serious one. And all of these things kept happening through my travels where it was just very ridiculous moments funny moments and I, I i really wanted to incorporate them into the serious comic that i was working on but i couldn't mm -hmm. so um so i'd started writing all of these events down and constructing little scenes around no characters pretty much just like a, it's a skit show of sorts so once i got back home and, and i told georgiana about it we um we started weaving all of those events together around these two characters of, of Juniper and Toby. So as I understand it, this is your first project actually working together, at least in comics. Um, so how did you meet and decide that creating a comic was what you should do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. Do you want to talk about how we met? Or? Oh gosh, how did we meet? I think we met through friends, maybe like nine, 10 years ago now. So we've been like good friends for a really long time. Um, we have worked on like some other creative projects together. Like we're in a band together as well. Sure. Um, yeah, we worked the same day job for a little while. Like, I guess we've just been around each other a lot. And then, yeah, Nathan just, we're both living in vans in Byron Bay at the moment, kind of being free. And Nathan came back from Bali and was like, write a comic with me. I've got a, such a good idea. I was like, you bet. So yeah, it just kind of happened. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've, um, I've, like Georgiana said, we've known each other for quite a while. And the thing that I've known about her is that, that she can run with any ideas that I throw out there. 
And so when, when I started thinking about this project, I knew that my strength is more in, in world building and mm -hmm. Georgiana's strength is in like characters and dialogue and whatnot. So I thought it'd just be perfect to bring it to her. So is that how the collaborative process works? You're the big idea person and she actually makes it happen or? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'll, I'll write a, a, like a scene or I'll, I'll start the, the framework of the script and then I'll bring it to her and she'll say, okay, characters don't talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's generally how it runs. Well, I, I love interviewing creators who have younger audiences in mind. You know, I, I have a 14 year old myself. So, you know, what's the secret sauce to, to actually respect that younger reader, but to also keep them engaged in the era of tablets, TikTok, cell phones, where, you know, we're just constantly bombarded with like visual entertainment that is right here, you know, all the time and arm's length away. Mm. That's something that we, we do talk about a, a little bit. Um, I in so I'm not too sure what Georgiana's answer would be, but for me, I think the main thing is that I still feel like a kid myself. And so when I'm when I'm writing, I always try to think about well, what would engage me as a child? So anything that is if there's any heavier concepts or whatnot, I don't really want to to throw them down in a way that that is gonna take someone pages upon pages upon pages to understand what's happening it's it's better to to layer that with beautiful visuals and um humor as well humor is a big part of it and sort of wrap the concept in a in a smaller package that, that i believe would be easier for a, um, a younger audience to grasp yeah i also think like we go by the rule of if it if it entertains us hopefully it's entertaining like our cute audience as well <laughs> We stay away from violence, sexual themes, all of that sort of stuff. So if it entertains us without going past that barrier of <laughs> too much, then it's entertaining. We, you guys have this, these really diverse backgrounds. Like, so to so Nathan, film school to comics, it's not, not an incredible jump, but what made you want to switch and how has that background kind of helped you in a new medium? Mm. Um, it has helped immensely, but I, so the transition from film to comics, it's not a, it's not an overnight thing. And that, that journey from, cause I, I, I left film school when I was 23, I'm 34 now. So I would spend all of my time writing scripts, designing worlds, um, character design, whatnot. And whenever I wasn't doing that, I'd spend a lot of my time analyzing movies and short stories and, not just not just film projects, but um, like the way characters would develop over video games or over comic books. So I think it the the film the film school element helps a lot because it it gives me that basis for what a good character arc would be or what a good story arc may be. Um, I don't know if I answered the question though. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I just, I always like to, to get a feel for when you have people who have various backgrounds and, and, you know, don't naturally like comics is not their thing. It's always, I think, engaging for, for people to hear, okay, so you made this league. Why did you do it? You know, or, you know, what's drawing you in, you know, you're, you're both in a band. I, I spent actually 15 years on the road working for rock bands 
Georgiana, you're out front, as I understand it. Nobody wants to see me try to sing or play an instrument. Um, so how does that experience in, in music shape both of your storytelling? <laughs> That's, I think, uh, again, sorry if I cut you off, but the, the, I don't know if this is um, exactly what you're asking, but the way we work together with music is very similar to how we work together with comics. So I'll generally write a song or create a body of music and then I'll bring it to Georgiana and she'll turn it into an actual song. So doing that for years and years and years, I believe has really helped fine tune how we work together in this field. Yeah, I feel like it's also kind of, yeah, helped our creativity because like each new song, like we create together, like it's, it's always more than a song. Like it's, we always want to make music that we love and like create a story through it that like is meaningful to us, like through the lyrics or just through the, like the general rise and fall of like the track itself. So it's kind of, we've always created things that are emotional and have like stories in some sense. So I guess, yeah, changing to comic book form wasn't too much of a leap for us. I mean, it was definitely new, but yeah, still kind of feels the same. <laughs> yeah. So insiders know you guys are going to know that drummer jokes are classic, right? So Toby feels like a drummer to me. I just got to say. <laughs> Toby's going to be uh, mediocre at all instruments, but <laughs> we could probably make him drums as, the, as his main one. <laughs> but it seems like, you know, these varied talents coming to this project, that with film school background and everything you guys got going on, that it could be really happy as an animated series too, like multimedia bringing that into it. Are there plans to develop it in that direction? Yeah, that's that's the um, the end goal because when when we were writing, when I was initially writing, it was actually going to be a pitch for a, an animated series. Okay. So, so we we wrote with that in mind, and because we were writing so much, and and we we have we have such a large amount of material to this project, um, we figured that comic books would be a great. Uh, it would be a great medium to to get this story out as quick as possible, and that also would be would would work in our favor when we did want to pitch it for an animated series. So I'm standing in my local comic book shop and I stop seeing the cover, which I think the cover is beautiful, by the way. Why should I read it? Give me give me your pitch here. <laughs> I know that's that. a tough one. <laughs> Why should you read it? Let me think about that for a second. <laughs> I think that you should read it because from uh, I, a lot of people say this and it, it, it could just be the, the whole creator who thinks that their project is the greatest, right? But I feel as though there's a level of emotional vulnerability that comes with this project and when you sit down to read it it's not only going to be entertaining but when you walk away from it uh it'll it'll leave an impact on you it's not just going to be another story yeah we want to like not only entertain but also like i guess delve into issues and like emotional things growing up things things that we've been through in our lives that we do want to like I guess, relate to other people with. 
and like it's nice to be able to kind of bring that common experience through like a creative medium to like connect with other people I guess that's another big thing like an example would be um, when I was in film school this lecturer told me this story about how she gave her class a project and the project was take an experience in your life and then turn that into a concept for a, for a film. And so this, this guy, um, he, he went home and he came back the next day and he said, uh, my idea that I've, that I've written is about this girl that I was once in love with and, and she was not in love with me. And the lecturer was saying in her mind, she was thinking, oh, here we go, another story about, you know, that, that, that cliche story of guy likes girl or girl likes guy, they don't like him back. And so his idea was actually to make a story about a cactus that falls in love with a balloon. Okay. And, <laughs> and that always stuck with me. So when, whenever we, we get to things, uh, there is down the track without giving anything away, but there'll be this town of, of um, characters that Juniper and Toby meet and they're, they're all rocks. They're, they're made of boulders and gole they're like golems. And they have for reasons that, I mean, I guess we could give a bit away, but they're unable to um, express themselves. That if, if they sing, if they dance, if they do anything that is outside of, um, you know, the normal day-to-day, -day, they'll disappear, they'll vanish from the town. So everyone's terrified of, of expressing themselves and the Juniper and Toby come along and they have to help resolve that. So, so the idea is, is a bit of a metaphor for depression, I suppose, and that feeling of not being able to express oneself um, growing up. So there's a, there's a lot of moments in there where we'll take these issues that we've dealt with, especially as younger people, and, um, and try to wrap that in a, in a fun, like not bash people over the head with it. <laughs> sure. Well, let's brag on your co-creators for a bit. You know, Lorenzo's artwork is really fantastic seems very at home in that fantastical fun all ages all ages topography for for this book how did he get involved <laughs> um that's again the answer for me i suppose yeah. <laughs> sorry if i'm still in the show georgiana um i was so once we 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 developed the idea and we, we wrote it we had a, a a very clear idea of what we wanted I was searching on this Facebook group called uh, Comic Book Writers, connect, Connecting Comic Book Writers and Artists, I believe it is. And we were searching through, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and so many amazing people, talented people. And Lorenzo's artwork just popped. He, he, he was this, this image of um, a, a, mother, a mother monkey, a mother chimpanzee, I believe. I'm not, I, can't, I don't know what, what sort of monkey it was, but... <laughs> She was running away with her child. So she had a little baby monkey and she was being chased by a lion and the close-ups on her face as tears were coming out of her eyes, but it was, it was all very playful as well. Like the, the art style was very playful whilst being highly emotional. And we thought straight away, that's, that's our guy. So sent him a message and, and he loved the idea. So jumped on board. And he did the color work as well. Yeah. He does the color work too. Yeah. Okay. How much uh, kind of guidance did you give him 
for like a roadmap, if you will, for the visuals? Or did he just kind of run with it? He's fantastic like that. So we will, we will give him as much guidance as we can, but also because he is, he's, he, I would say that he's a third creator in this. He's not just, he's not just an artist. Mm -hmm. So, so we give him as much guidance as we can with allowing him um, enough room to, to put his own flair in. So that, that uh, first issue, for example, like with, with Stanley, we just said that we want a, a, a plant that is a butler. We gave him a couple of examples of, of what that may look like. And then he, he just took it and ran. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I, I loved that character. It just like that one jumped <laughs> out at me. Stanley's got a very interesting part to play in this story. <laughs> He's and, more than a butler. <laughs> Well, and I know Tobin and his wife, Alaire, that they seem to be working on half the projects I see with friends these days. How did Tobin enter the picture? Mm, yeah, Tobin, again, is me. <laughs> um, in the show you are. Yeah, same deal. So I was working on, I I've, I've have another project going, which is comic book. And that is more just a personal one. I'm not trying to get that published, but same deal. I was on the website, comic book artists and writers looking for a letterer and Tobin's stuff just really popped. So sent him a message. He said he was interested and yeah, the rest is history. Well, I got to give a, a shout out to Scout because they're about 40 minutes down the road from me, actually. Um, I'll get out. Yeah, yeah. How did you connect with them? Um, we... we started sending out the pitch, pitch scripts to a few different like companies seeing if like it was I guess worth picking up or mm. like something anyone would be interested in and I recall we when we were we had sent out a number of pitches and the, it was like a last minute thing we we, we we were looking online and we found Scout at the last second and we were both tired and didn't really feel like you know constructing any more emails or pitches and and, and it was a very last minute thing, a very serendipitous. So that's the one, right? It's always the last yeah. one. Yeah, we sent it out. And I think like a day later, they got back and then they were like, we want this. <laughs> that's amazing. And mm -hmm. it's part of their newer nonstop imprint, which is a cool format, but something I haven't really been familiar with. How does, how does that work exactly? Um, I don't know too much about that just yet. So I, um, we have a meeting lined up with Scout, I think next week. And, and we're going to talk a bit more about, because we're, we're, we're wrapping up the final issues um, very soon, hopefully, hopefully in the next week or two. And yeah. then we're going to talk to them about how it's all coming out. Okay. Right now we're focused in the creative zone. <laughs> well, their website was saying that it's going to land as a graphic novel later this year, but also that you have several more arcs kind of already mapped out. So I'm imagining this is not going to be the last we'll see of Juniper and Toby. <laughs> if it's up to us, it'll be going for a long time. Yeah, we <laughs> have a lot of stories planned and arcs and things to discover about just the entirety of the world. So yeah, it could if we have the, uh, the leniency to do it, it could be quite long. <laughs> well, I'm curious. So as, as creators from Australia, what's the comic scene like there? I, I have kind of complete ignorance. Do indie mm. books seem to be like booming as much as they are here in the States or? 
Not really. Australia is a, a weird place when it comes to all forms of creativity, film, music, comics. It's like, I, I feel, and, and this could be possibly because I'm not looking hard enough, but I feel as though most creators of whatever field tend to have to spread out to the rest of the world. And then if they're able to find success in the rest of the world, then they can come back to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite true. Like the creative scenes here, like they're around, but they're a bit limited, I guess, because we're quite cut off. Yeah. Yeah. They're very limited. Hmm. Well, do either of you have any other upcoming projects you want to drum up or like give a little bit of a window or insight into? <laughs> um, there's Juniper is the main one. That's for sure. We're, we're both, we're both thoroughly in it. We work on a ton of other stuff outside, but it's like I said, I do have another comic running, but that's not um, to be published or I, I'm, I don't really want to like make it look like I'm taking this opportunity to sell another project. Or sure, anything. of course. <laughs> um, music, we're, we're both, like I said, we, we, we both working on music all of the time. And um, yeah, that's, that's the main focus right now is, is getting Juniper out. So does the band have a website? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We, we're called Mojave Reigns. <laughs> okay, we got to get that in there. We got to get the okay. yeah, yeah. Mojave Reigns. Every opportunity to push, you got to do it. So okay, yeah, yeah, Mojave Reigns, and there's also so I run a YouTube channel which is um, like true crime journalism. Okay, and um, and that's got a, a pretty solid following. So once once Juniper's ready to go, I'm going to advertise it over there too. <laughs> that's uh, if anyone's interested in true crime, it's called Dave's Lemonade. <laughs> okay, very cool. Um, with all of the publishing stuff, delays with paper and stuff, it, it it's a little weird right now. We're all dealing with that. Um, so when will we see Juniper on the shelves and online exactly? Uh, from my understanding, the last time we spoke to Scout, it should hopefully be out at the end of this year. So maybe maybe even sooner. Yeah, maybe but, even a bit sooner. But yeah. This yeah. year, this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nathan and Georgiana, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Thank it's you so really, much for Thank you so us. much for having us. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, Juniper is, is a delightful book. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a great choice for kids or, or people who are just kids at heart, like I think all of us are. Um, so if somebody's out there looking for a fantasy or a sci-fi comic, make sure to check it out. This is Byron O'Neill for Comic Book Yeti. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Kate. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment 
action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 